Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Our listener support campaign continues. You can support the show on a one-time basis, support.greatdetectives.net, or you can join our more than 120 Patreon supporters at patreon.greatdetectives.net. And that's our focus uh, today. Our Patreon supporters really do provide a lot of stability for the show and will allow us to do more with the program. If we hit the $800 level, we're going to upgrade our hosting. We get to the $1,200 level, we'll upgrade the equipment we use to uh, to record the program, all leading towards a better quality listener experience. Plus, if you're one of our Patreon supporters, you get a voice in a lot of decisions we make on the program, as well as a newsletter from me. And you can become a Patreon supporter with as little as $2 a month or up to $30 a month. And the levels are $2, Rookie, $4, Shamus, $7.14, Detective Sergeant, $15, Master Detective, and $30, Chief of Detectives. All right, well, now it's time for uh, this week's episode of Richard Diamond. And after the program, I'll have a few words on uh, the passing of Jerry Lewis. There were three lost episodes between last week's episode and this one. This one, the original air date, is December the 13th of 1950. And this one is the Chapel Hill case. Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. Diamond Detective Agency Roses are red, violets are blue Crime doesn't pay, but see that you do Oh, Rick Oh, hi, Helen, baby Rick, have you ever thought of writing holiday greeting cards? Mm, no But then you might just have a thought there Christmas isn't far away mm. I think you'd better aim toward April Fool's Day. Oh, sweet. Helen, did you call just to insult my creative genius, or do I get an invitation to dinner? Well, the genius I didn't even recognize. The dinner, well, oh, maybe. Hmm. Here I am, a poor, starving detective, and you confront me with maybe. Oh, well, a girl can't be too careful about who she invites into her house these days. Do you have references? From the best crooks in town. Oh, well, I suppose it's all right. Come around to the back door and I'll have Francis fix you a sandwich. Well, now, don't go to all that bother, Helen. I'll I'll just stop off at the mission. <laughs> oh, you fool. Are you busy? Mm-mm. Haven't had a case since... Uh... Well... What is it? Well, I'm not sure, but I think a flying saucer landed outside and its occupant just walked in. Rick, what are you talking about? Who came in? Well, it looks like an Otis Loveloon, but it's awake. Oh, diamond. Mm. Got a vocabulary like Otis, too. Look, Shamus, hurry up, will you? I got business with you. Helen, I have no choice but to hang up. This man speaks with such authority. Oh, Rick. If Otis is there, go easy on him. You'll tease that poor boy out of his mind. Helen, he... Oh, no, it's too obvious. I won't say it. I'll see you at dinner. Bye. Well, well, well. Sergeant Otis Loveloon. What brings you up here? Want me to sign your report card? The lieutenant sent me up, wise guy. Oh? Now, let's see where they put that paper. Paper? Oh, oh, here. <clears throat> uh, Mr. Richard Diamond, we of the 5th Precinct 
having missed your sparkling personality, do hereby invite you to a tea to be held this pump. This what? This pump. That's what it says. Let me see that paper. Otis, that's P.M. Well, don't that snow? No. What is all this? A tea at the 5th Precinct? Sure. My idea. The lieutenant says we got to be more formal from now on. And he wants to see you. So? So this is your idea of being formal. That's right. Trouble with you, Diamond, is you got no culture. Well, I'm hurt, Otis. You say Walt wants to see me? Yeah, he sent me in a squad car for you. Well, I can hardly wait to find out what this is all about. Me too. I delivered a letter to him this morning. He's been a changed man ever since. A letter? Hmm. Maybe he... Oh, no, no, no. Walt's too old for the draft. And so yours truly was ushered into a waiting squad car. Usually, Walt Levinson let me wear out shoe leather on my trip to the 5th Precinct, and his hospitality was overwhelming. Otis even stopped on the way and bought me some chewing gum. Of course, it was Otis's favorite brand, but then I'm no prude. I enjoy blowing bubbles. He's in here, Diamond. Take off your hat. What? New rule. Oh, no. Here he is, Lieutenant. Well, I got eyes, you numps. Uh, Thank you, Sergeant Otis. Oh, thank you, Lieutenant. It was a pleasure. You may take your leave now, Sergeant Otis. Yes, sir, Lieutenant Levinson. Otis, curtsy and get out of here, will you? This is killing me. Oh, you had to go and ruin it all. Walt, what's going on down here? Look at your desk. What's wrong with my desk? Well, it's tidy. Everything's in place. Are you ill? Mr. Diamond, a man's desk reflects his character. Now, please be seated. I think I'd better take this standing. This new trend in character is amazing. Rick, look at this. Looks like an ordinary letter to me. Yes, but what's in it? Well, you tell me what's in it. Rick, I've been invited to speak at the annual Peace Officers Symposium at the University of North Carolina. So? So? Well, don't you know what this means? The top men from all over the country will be there. And to be a speaker... Well, that's quite an honor. Oh, comes the dawn. So this is why everything around here has become formal, huh? Sure. After all, we've got to have a little dignity. Mm-hmm. Why send for me? In the squad car yet? Well, it's like this, Rick. I'm supposed to make a speech concerning juvenile delinquency in New York. Uh-huh. Now, they also want someone to make a speech on the relationship between the policeman and the private detective. Touching. They told me to pick out a good man and bring him down. So I picked you. Oh, Walt, you're so thoughtful. Sorry, but speeches aren't my line. Ah, oh, Rick, don't be that way. We'll have a good time. We'll leave tonight from Penn Station, get there in the morning. It'd be a nice vacation. Walt, I can't afford a nice vacation. While I'm down there over the weekend, I might miss a client. I'll get somebody else. Um, uh, Rick. Well? Remember last year when we decided to give all the private detectives an examination to find out whether or not they were still qualified to operate? Sure, Why? Well, I just heard the commission may call another examination this year. So what's this got to do with me going to North Carolina? Well, last year, remember, I didn't exactly help you. Just to cough here and there when I saw you were writing the wrong answer. Go on. I was just thinking. Maybe this year I won't have a cold. Oh, now, Walt. Rick, this trip to North Carolina means a lot to me. All kidding aside, it's a big honor. Now, be a pal and go along. Well, what? Oh, that's a boy. I'll have the ticket clerk line up two tickets. All right, Walt, I'll agree on one condition. Shoot. Well, I realize you're now a man of dignity, and I know that, that you think things should be more formal. Yeah. But for Pete's sake, 
Take that doily off the lie detector. That's a nice, healthy groan. What's the matter, Walt? Train rides make you ill or something? No, but I just had a horrible thought. I was so excited about leaving, I forgot. Otis will be in charge while I'm gone. Oh, great. This is the biggest boon to crime since Prohibition. Don't remind me of it. I'll take your mind off of it. Look at the more pleasant things in life. Mm. Like that blonde up front? <laughs> oh, you're catching on, Fatty. Cute, isn't she? I guess so. Only she keeps looking around. Sort of suspicious-like. Walt, can't you take your mind off crime once in a while? All right. I'm sorry I brought it up. Everyone isn't criminal, you know. She's probably a co-ed on her way back to school. That's your opinion. Me? I say she's got criminal connections. Well, I have a buck that says you're wrong. All right, you're on. Now, how do we find out? Walt, you're so naive. Look, she's going to the club car. Come on. Now, where'd she go? Well, there she is at the end of the car. Come on. Hey, Rick, maybe we shouldn't. Uh, she might have a boyfriend around somewhere. Oh, it's all right, Walt. I have you to protect me. <clears throat> uh, pardon me, uh, Miss... Uh, yes? Uh, I'm Richard Diamond, and this is Walt Levinson. Walt says he'd like very much to meet you, but he's the shy type and asked me to Miles Standish for him. Diamond. Well... You Americans, you are certainly direct in making the acquaintance of young women. But I cannot remember anyone who has done it in so few words. Well, we're really harmless, and we would like to buy you a drink. Well, I think that would be very nice. Good. Let's order before Diamond proposes for me. Oh, the waiter seems to be busy at the other end of the car. Well, I'll go down there and get the drinks. Excuse me. Are, uh, are you traveling far, Miss, uh... Krona? Isabel Krona. Hmm. I'm on my way to North Carolina. Oh, well, how nice. So are we. Do you uh, live in New York? No, I'm from Switzerland. Oh, then you're a long way from home. Yes. But I love traveling in your country. Everything is so beautiful. This is my first trip, but I hope to return. Pleasure trip or a business? Oh, well, a little of both. I'm representing my country's police department at the North Carolina Symposium. Oh, perhaps I should explain that. You see, uh, they are holding a convention... Oh, uh, of... never mind, we know. That's where we headed for, too. Well, such a coincidence. You're a police officer? Uh, yes, that's right. Walter, lieutenant, and I'm in business for myself. Well, we here ha we are. Hope Scotch is all right. Fine. Thank you. Here, Diamond. Pardon my thumb. Mm -hmm. Scotch and fingerprint ink. What a combination. Mr. Diamond tells me that you are a policeman, Mr. Levinson. Yes, but don't let that frighten you. It's a tough life, but off-duty, we're just like everyone else. Well, I remember... Walt, when... uh, Walt, before you start telling her all about crime, let me tell you something. She happens to be a policewoman. What? Well, I'll be. You certainly will. A flat foot in high heels. Well, sometimes it is advantageous, Lieutenant. If I were easily recognized as a policewoman... Well, my usefulness would be at an end. Well, I, um... I wouldn't exactly say uh, that. <clears throat> uh, let's have another. By the time our train reached Raleigh, North Carolina, we were old friends. From Raleigh, we took a bus to Chapel Hill, where the university was located. As we got off the bus, a short, red-faced man came up to greet us. 
Hello there. How, how do you? Hello, my name is Kevin. Christopher Kevin. I take it you folks are here for the Peace Officer Symposium. That's right. I'm Levinson from New York. This is Ms. Isabel Crona, and this is Richard uh, Dunn. Yeah, I'm very glad to. How are you? you? I, I am the chairman of the Institute. Uh, we're taking a group picture on the front steps, and I think you're about the last to arrive. We can get started with the picture now. Ah, oh, this is a police convention, all right. Here, two minutes, and lawyer Phil Potts wants to mug you. <laughs> row there. Move in closer, please. Well, that's one suggestion I don't mind. Bother you, dear? Well, uh, since it's all for us, I do not think I mind. That's it. That's it. Now, we just... Oh, my. You in the front row, you've moved again. Now, you've got... Our little friend is having a rough time. Yes. What's the matter? That's me, man. The photographer. What about him? He... Oh, it is nothing. It just looks so familiar. Everybody smile. Easy now. Don't stay. Don't easy. Oh, no. The third row. Will you please stand still? The little photographer pulled out a few hairs from his head and patiently rearranged his subjects. Half an hour later, he had succeeded in snapping enough pictures in the group disbanded. Miss Croner promised to have dinner with us that evening. So a couple of hours later, Walt and I were walking down the hall to her room. Playing like gentlemen, we knocked on a door that was half ajar. No answer. Still the gentleman, we knocked again. This was getting monotonous, so we quit being gentlemen. We shouldn't walk right in, Rick. Oh, come on. Maybe she forgot. After all, I... Uh-oh. What? She didn't forget, Walt. Look. Good Lord. Better get on the phone and call the local peace officer. We have no jurisdiction here. Not even for murder. <laughs> Walt and I stared down at Isabel Croner's body on the floor. What had once been a pretty head was now crushed and wasn't a very pleasant sight. Walt called the local sheriff, and we waited until he arrived. Well, you say you two found the body? That's right, Sheriff. My name's Diamond. This is Walt Levinson. We're here for the peace officer's symposium. Oh, oh, yeah. And uh, who was she? Name was Croner, Isabel. She was a policewoman from Switzerland. Well, the coroner will be finished in a few minutes. Darndest thing I ever heard of. A policewoman gets killed right smack in the middle of a gathering of the best cops in the country. Now, we called you right away. We figured if the news leaked out, every cop in the place would try and catch the murderer. They'd all run into each other, make a real mess. Yeah, if we'd better keep it quiet till we can make an investigation. You all seem to know some of the facts about it. Care to give me a hand? Sure would, Sheriff. Mr. Diamond here is a private detective, though. There's no client, Rick. Do you want to work on it? Well, that's a nasty poke, Walt. I'm as anxious as you are to catch this girl's killer. Good. Now, any reason you know of why anyone would want to get rid of her? I can't think of any. She said this was her first trip to this country. Uh, uh, Johnson, check with the hotel manager. See if he saw anyone come in who might have entered this room. Now, let's see. Looks like she was hit with a heavy instrument. Yeah. We noticed what might be a clue over here, Sheriff. There, on the floor. Ah, a little vial. We figured it might have fallen from the killer's pocket during the struggle. It's, uh, it's marked silver nitrate. There might be some prints on the bottle. Well, let's hope there are. We can use a few breaks in this case. What do you think about Simmons? Oh, he seems like a competent sheriff. 
He wants us over at his office after we have dinner. Yeah, he's sending the vial on to the lab in Raleigh. I hope they turn up something. What beats me is, why was Isabel Corona killed? Who did she know here? Walt, I... I... Hmm. What's the matter, Rick? I was just thinking. Remember when we had our picture taken earlier today? Sure, why? That little photographer. Isabel seemed to recognize him. She shrugged it off when I asked her about it, but she had a strange look on her face. Yeah, you might have something there. At least there's one person who might have known her. Let's look him up and ask him a few questions. Oh, no, no. I, on second thought, I don't think we'd better. If he did kill her and we asked questions, he might leave town. Let's just keep an eye on him till the lab has a chance to go over that vial. Right. Here's a drugstore. We can look up his address. Luckily, we found that the fair city of Chapel Hill had only one photographer. The little man who had snapped our picture that morning. His name was William Avery, and we jotted down his address. Ten minutes later, we were waiting outside his studio. Can you see him through that window, Rick? Yeah, he's putting on his hat. Move back into that doorway. He's coming out. Come on. Let him get farther ahead. That's good. Let's go. He's stopping. Yeah. Hey, there he goes into that restaurant. Come on, let's go across the street. Still think we ought to question him? No, 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 wait. If he thinks no one suspects him, he may let his guard down. Let's just wait here. We can watch him through the window. The waitress is taking his order. Good. Well, I'm going to take a chance. If he's ordering dinner, he'll be in there for a little while. I'm going back to his studio and look around. Hey, now, Rick, you can't just break in there. We have no jurisdiction down here. And someone had no jurisdiction to kill Isabel Croner. I'm sorry, Walt. There might be something in that studio to pin this on Avery. Okay, you win. But I'll go back and look around. I was breaking in houses while you were still breaking in rattles. Okay, Grandpa. Don't let anyone near your bones creak. <laughs> Find anything in the studio, Walt? And how? Our friend Avery has a broken camera. It's been smashed. Wow. Oh, oh. Hey. Hey, hold it. Here he comes out of the restaurant. Oh, looks like he's heading for a studio. You, uh, you say his camera was smashed? Yeah, found it in the closet. Didn't the coroner say Isabel had been killed with a heavy instrument? That's right. You know, Walt, this may fit. After Avery took the picture, you recognized Isabel. Then still with his camera, you went to see her. They fought and he bashed her with it. I'll buy that. Well, maybe we're just grabbing at straws. We still need something concrete to tie Avery in with that murder. I... Hey, wait a minute. Huh? Look up ahead there. He's got an apple. Look at the way he's eating it. Well, what about it? Well, he's only biting it on the right side of his mouth. So what? I have a hunch, that's all. Well, if it's about that apple, forget it. He just threw it away. Yeah? Well, what's all this about, anyway? Let him go on, Walt. We'll know where to find him. And besides, I want this apple. Holy cow, what are you doing in the gutter? If you're that hungry, I'll buy you a whole apple. No, thanks. Come here, Walt. Look at this apple. Hmm? The teeth marks show it's only been chewed on one side of the mouth. Now, maybe that's just habit. I don't know. 
Or maybe Avery has bad teeth. So no matter what it is, how does it help us? I think it may help a lot. Let's get back to the sheriff. Well, it's about time you fellas got here. Thought you were coming over right after dinner. I'm sorry, Sheriff, but we followed a hunch. You know a photographer here in town named Avery? Bill Avery? Why, sure. He's the best photographer in town. Came down about a year ago. Why? We think he killed Isabel Croner. But... Well, now, what makes you think a thing like that? Well, so far it's nothing concrete, but Isabel seemed to recognize him today. Yeah, so we followed him. And later I found a broken camera in his studio. We think it's the death weapon. Well... Well, now, a broken camera is hardly enough to convict a man. Well, we know that, Sheriff, but there's something else. You remember that vial of silver nitrate we found by Isabel's body? Uh, sure. What about it? Well, some dentists prescribe silver nitrate for use on the gums in case of infected teeth. Now, look at this apple Avery was chewing. The teeth marks show it's been eaten only with the right half of the jaw. So? So that could indicate Avery has had bad teeth and may have been using silver nitrate on his gums. Now, that's downright clever. Of course, it still don't prove nothing. Well, it might, though. Send this apple on to the lab. If they find traces of silver nitrate on it, it will at least indicate Avery was in Isabel's room. Yeah, and I've been thinking. It might just be a wild guess, but if the girl recognized Avery, he probably recognized her. He might be a big European criminal. He was afraid she'd turn him in, so he killed her. Now, you may have something there, Walt. A transatlantic call to the Swiss Detective Bureau might clear up his real identity. Now, now, boys, before you go running up my phone bill, let's just... Take it nice and easy, like this broken camera, silver nitrate apple, and motive. It's all mighty interesting. But I don't think we'd better waste time sending this apple to the lab. Doubt if they'd find anything on it. Well, you'll at least check it, won't you? No. Like I say, all these things are real interesting. But there's just one thing stands in the way of me trying to arrest Avery. What are you getting at, Sheriff? Well, while you boys were out playing cops and robbers, I caught the murderer. What? Yep, nothing fancy. Just thorough, routine investigation. I sent a man to check the hotel manager. He hadn't seen anyone, but he said the maid was due to clean that room about the time of the murder. We questioned her. She got nervous and broke down. Confessed she killed Krona. But why? Lieutenant, what's the reason for most of the killings in your state every year? What's the motive? Well, robbery's mostly the motive. That's right. And it's the same down here. The maid told us she was going through Krona's purse when Krona came in and caught her. She got frightened, picked up a vacuum sweeper attachment, and hit her with it. You know how a berserk a petty thief can get when they're afraid they'll be caught. Yeah, but the silver nitrate and the apple. Oh, hell, the apple's coincidence. The silver nitrate belonged to Krona. She, too, had bad teeth. Well, I'll be... Move over, Walt. That makes two of us. Yes, sir. When I heard all you fellas were having a big convention down here, I said to my deputy, Peter said... We're going to see ourselves some fancy investigating if anything should happen while those fellows are here. Only I'm sure sorry you went to all that trouble for nothing. Rick, don't speak to me. I'm still brooding. Well, at least we got through the speeches. Yep. Would have been a swell trip if it wasn't for that hunch of yours. Oh, now that's it. Blame it all on me. Apples and silver nitrate. And what about you? Broken camera and that motive. Big European criminal. All right, all right. <laughs> sort of funny, though. That poor little photographer. Yeah. <laughs> we were all set to send him to the chair. 
Uh, Walt. Huh? Maybe we shouldn't say anything about this when we get back. I was thinking the same thing. If Otis ever hears about it, we'll be disgraced for life. Yeah. Let's just forget it. Look at the more pleasant things in life. Yeah. Like that little redhead up front? Mm-hmm. I, uh, I was just kind of, uh... Uh-oh. I have a feeling we've been through all this before. You're right. Well, uh... Shall we have a game of cards, Walt? Diamond Private Detective stars Dick Powell in the title role and was written by Blake Edwards with music composed and conducted by Frank Worth. This is Bill Foreman speaking. Richard Diamond Private Detective is transcribed in Hollywood by Jaime Del Valle. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. This is Andrew from otrwesterns.com. I wanted to invite you to come take a look at our site where we put out podcasts of old-time radio westerns. Check us out at otrwesterns.com. You're listening to The Great Detectives of Old-Time Radio with Adam Graham. Now let's get back into the show. Welcome back. Well, working in a somewhat anticlimactic uh, solution can work in a series that doesn't do them all the time. I do think they're probably a little overused on Johnny Dollar, but I don't have any problem with it here. It does remind us that a lot of crimes are fairly simple to solve, and so the actual solution does make sense. 
Now, this program is one where the dating is up to debate, and some people place this at different times in the show's uh, canon. However, the Digital Deli FTP uh, makes a compelling case for this being the air date, so I'm going with them. Uh, one thing, uh, the program the episode titles are all on the public record for the next series, whereas they're a bit less um, set with the NBC Rexall run. This is actually the last uh, program that will be playing, sort of, that was part of the NBC run of the series. I say sort of because there's some unique situations that come up with a CBS run of Richard Diamond, which we'll get into in uh, quite a few months down the road. But next week we'll be moving into the ABC run of Richard Diamond, and we'll talk more about that next week. All right, well, some listener comments and feedback, and we have a couple questions regarding episode 2279, Dead Man's Letter. Uh, Joey asked, is Helen still around? Well, we heard in this episode that she was, but I think that's a reasonable question. Um, you know, in a lot of the way Diamond was acting. No, to be fair, Diamond has always, uh, I would say, not been particularly uh, committed uh, to Helen throughout the series, kind of in an Archie Goodwin, Lily Rowan sort of way. But yeah, this episode confirms that Helen is still around. And then uh, we have Wes uh, says... When the sound effects played to show Rick was passing out, I was afraid for a moment that we'd get one of those silly Richard Rogue hallucinations. Um, good episode, though I did get tired of them calling the guy Ortiz instead of Ortiz. And um, I thank you so much for the comments, Wes. Um, I actually had uh, similar thoughts. I, I was wondering, is he going to go up to cloud eight? And uh, that turned out not to be the case. Uh, it was definitely more of a Richard Rogue thing. Um, regarding the Ortiz Ortiz, I really, to me, that sounded wrong too. If for no other reason than David Ortiz, the great designated hitter who had been with the Boston Red Sox and was such a key part of their world championship uh, teams. However, I was somewhat loath to say anything because it's like maybe there is an Ortiz out there that's a legitimate uh, pronunciation. So if, they, if somehow we're missing this and there is legitimately an Ortiz name, uh, I'd love to hear about it. All right, well, that does it for the main part of the show. I do want to remind you, our Patreon campaign, you can support it, patreon.greatdetectives.net. But now, a brief word on the passing of Jerry Lewis. Uh, just such an amazing uh, talent for so many years, with a great career that did include us uh, standing in the golden age of radio. And sadly, the number of people who even appeared during the golden age of radio is diminishing. And he may be one of the last uh, great stars. Of course, he was star of the Martin and Lewis radio program, was his main contribution to radio. Uh, we did actually hear him on the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio back at episode 2054S, uh, which had Jack Webb appearing on the Martin and Lewis show and them doing a Dragnet sketch. Regardless, I always remember him from growing up. Uh, the films that I saw with him growing up were mostly from his solo career in the 60s, as well as a few that he did with uh, 
Dean Martin, um, Sailor Beware, Three Ring Circus are the main ones I remember from the Martin and Lewis. And then um, Who's Minding the Store, Rockabye Baby, The Naughty Professor, and uh, The Family Jewels. And, I, and we also saw Cracking Up. Just an incredible uh, talent. Uh, raised a lot of money through his uh, uh, telethons and will definitely be missed. Jerry Lewis, dead at the age of 91. All right, well, that will do it for today. Join us back here tomorrow for Boston Blackie. And then next Tuesday, it will be Crime Correspondent. And next Wednesday, be uh, back here for another episode of Richard Diamond. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.